Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. Welcome. Welcome to church. How's everyone doing? All right. So today, I'm getting ready to preach, okay? So I'm going to give the sermon here in just a couple moments. I'm going to need some, like, amens, you know, you know, come on, pastor, say that again, you know, you know, just, just shout some things out. That helps, you know, uh, don't fall asleep, nobody, please. <laughs> I am going to play a video as part of the sermon in just a minute, don't fall asleep. Uh, but with that being said, we are in a message series titled Know Him By Name. Uh, and if you missed part one, go and check out the podcast, listen to it, you're at the gym, you're cooking dinner, you're hanging out, check it out. Um, or we'll watch it on YouTube. Um, but I, I believe there's something God is wanting to say and speak to us in this season. Allow him to do that. Allow him to speak. Allow him to heal. Allow him to transform. Allow him to give you a clearer view of who he is. And in that, it's going to change how you worship him. And it's a wonderful thing. So um, our central passage is found in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 through 24. And a few weeks from now, I'm going to ask you to memorize this. Right now, I just want you to hear it a couple more weeks. So it says this. This is what the Lord says. Let no wise man boast of his wisdom, nor let the mighty man boast of his might, nor the rich man boast of his riches. But to let the one who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises mercy, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. So what is he saying? Is he saying there's something wrong with being wise or mighty or rich? No, not at all. If that's where the Lord has you, then you be wise, be mighty, and be rich, be blessed. But what he's saying is don't boast in those things. Well, guess what? Look, look what I got or look how I am. Don't, don't boast in those things. He said if you're going to boast in anything, boast in the fact that you know God. Boast in the fact that you've got a relationship with him. And what we've been talking about in this series and what we opened up with last week is simply this. Don't let your knowledge of him be enough. Let it change the way you live your life. Your daddy is El Shaddai. And with that knowledge and with that understanding, that should change the way you function in this life. Because he is all powerful and there's nothing that he cannot do. So with that being said, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump into part two. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you desire to accomplish. In your word, we know that it's alive. We know that it's powerful. We know that it never returns void. Thank you, Father, for the moments we've had in worship and what you're already doing and stirring our hearts and bringing things to the forefront, God, of things, areas that we need to work on and, and all the things that you're speaking to us in a variety of ways. But as we have this moment now in your word, I pray, God, that it would continue to be a holy moment. And it would be a moment, God, where we hear loud and clear what you're speaking to us. So open our heart, open our mind, open our ears, open our eyes. And may we all together receive from you what you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, with that being said, let me ask you this question here as we begin Maybe a little silly, I don't know. Uh, did, it, did any of you play with Play-Doh when you were younger? Yeah. Some of you did, right? And maybe some clay. Anybody here take a pottery class? You sat at the wheel, you had to do some shaping. Any of you done that? I took a pottery class in college. It was kind of fun. Um, 
Uh, did anyone here play with dolls or action figures? Right. The, the men are not ready. They played raised. You guys played with dolls or action figures? I'm just, 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 just checking. Hey, hey, just, just checking. Uh, uh, I, I was definitely a Ninja Turtle type of guy. Uh, you know, I had a few of them. Uh, I was a little sad when I didn't get the Ninja Turtle van, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> but one thing that I remember was my dad taking me out to the backyard and... He said, son, hey, you know, I, I know you like these action figures and these figurines. Why don't we make some? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, let's make some out of mud. And so he would show me, well, hey, this kind of soil, this is not good for that. This is good for growing, you know, the vegetables and the plants, the trees. And, that kind of. and then this other kind of soil, it's kind of more clay, and it's perfect. Wet it, get it a little bit like this. And then we shaped them. And as we shaped them, we began to tell a story with who they were and what they were doing, who they were fighting and whatever was happening. And then we laid them out on our picnic table we had in the backyard. We let the sun dry on them, get them really hard, and then it was cool. Now, they weren't very flexible, but they were really cool to see with and to play with. And so I was sharing this, I was sharing this story with my son, and I was telling him about it. Yeah, I did this with my, with my dad growing up. He's like, well, Daddy, hey, you know, can, can we do the same thing? And I was like, well, yeah, son, we can. And I told him this earlier in the year, and um, we finally got a chance to do it over the summer. And so we were actually off-roading with my brother-in-law, and we was, my son and I and my brother-in-law, we were off-roading. And so we would go off-roading, and we got stuck in the mud. And as we got stuck in the mud, it was the middle of the day, middle of the week, and there wasn't a whole lot of people that could come and help us. And, and, and in addition to that, you needed a special type of vehicle to get in there. You couldn't just get in there with any type of vehicle. You really needed something that can ha handy heavy terrain, and you needed to be okay with your vehicle getting scratched because that's the type of terrain that it was. And so we're there, and we're waiting, and it seems like we're just waiting forever. And then all of a sudden, it starts raining and pouring on us, and it's just like, like heavy rain. And then, it, then we go into this little house, and then we come out, and I'm like, son, we're going to build those figurines right now. The, the rain had just hit the ground and all this and was fresh. So we go out there and we start making it and doing all of this stuff. And we're telling the story about what each one is doing and, and all of that. And then later on, we finally get rescued. While we were building a story with the figurines, God was building our story. Um, you know, there's everything that we go through sometimes and... You know, we think, man, this is tough, and we grumble and we complain. That's the truth. We're like, why are we going through this? But in all of that, God is working your story. There's your story that he can, that he's desiring to accomplish. Now, would you imagine this with me? Could you imagine with me God himself creating you? And he's like, oh, okay, I'm making Jeremiah, and I'm putting you together, and I'm, I'm creating you, and I'm making you, and all of that. And he's like, okay, this is going to be the story. And along the story as he's meeting you, I'm sure you've, you've turned left and right, haven't you? Haven't you went off the track? We have, right? We have. God created the intention. He has the purpose. All of these things, and we've made turns. And we've made left, and God's like, okay, let me bring you back. Let me get you back here. Let me, let me get you back on track. We've all made certain decisions that have affected these things, but he still has a story. God still has a purpose. In fact, in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He says this, For I know the plans, for I know the plans, God says. How does God have plans for you and I? Because he created us. 
He was the one that did it. He was the one that fashioned. He was the one that had intention. He's the one that said, okay, this is going to be your story. Here's what I want you to understand. You were created with a story, and your story and your journey has a purpose. You are not an accident. In fact, what God is doing in your life right now, right now, is not an accident. There is something that God is doing. He is actively working in your life right now, and it's not an accident. So today, we're going to park in Psalms 91, Psalms 95, and we're going to look at a whole lot of detail there, and that's going to be everything that the Lord is going to reveal more of us and who He is and give us that opportunity to respond. We're going to get to know Him further by name. You see, this psalm is a psalm that was written by David, and it has 11 verses, and we're going to read it here. In verse 1, it says this, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with a song of thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him in songs with instruments. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In whose hand are the depths of the earth. The peaks of the mountains are also his. The sea is his. For it is he who made it, and it's his hands that formed the dry land. Come, let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord our maker, before the Lord our maker. He is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. And then it begins to give us this warning of reflection. Today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day of Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test. They tested me. Though they had seen my work, they had seen God's hand, they had seen his craftiness, they had seen his miracles, they had seen his signs and wonders, they had known him as El Shaddai, they had known him. For 40 years, I was disgusted with that generation and said, they are a people who err in their heart. Their heart is here. Their heart is there. It's everywhere except for where it needs to be. And they don't know my ways. Therefore, I swore in my anger, they certainly shall not enter my rest. That had everything to do with that particular season, but it also has everything to do with now. Now. And whether we enter into the things that God has for us, enter into eternal life, enter, enter into those things, or we don't. See, Psalms 95 is a call to worship, but it's also a warning to reflect on the mistakes of the past. Some people call it a, a prophetic hymn to be sung. Others call it a historical psalm also to be sung, but to be reflected on. And sometimes we read these psalms and we read through them so quickly, but there's a whole lot to learn from each one. And in particular, this psalm, it's referencing a time when the people of God grumbled. They complained, asking if God was with them or not. Right? They just, they just complained. And maybe you've been there before. Or it's just, God, why? Like... Like, show your, like, like, be prayer, like, God, help. And you've complained, and you've grumbled, and you've said things that you shouldn't have said, and you've acted and behaved like you should not have behaved and acted. 
before the Lord God Almighty. Like your daddy is not El Shaddai. Like he doesn't have all the power. Like he doesn't have the cattle on a thousand hills. Like there's nothing he can't do. Like he's not the great physician. He is El Shaddai. He is all powerful. And maybe you've struggled in this way. or Maybe you know somebody that has. And I want you to keep in mind, in this particular moment, God has rescued the people out of Egypt, and he's done it with all these mighty signs and wonders, so they know what he can do. They know that he's powerful. And in fact, in this time that they're grumbling right now, this is the third time since they've been out of Egypt. So he's done all the miracles in Egypt, and now they've grumbled against him, and now they've grumbled against him, and now in Exodus, right, we're going to look, because this is a reference to Exodus 17. This is the third time that the people are complaining and they're grumbling, God, where are you? God, show up. God, where are you? God, I don't see where you're at. But yet they already know that he is El Shaddai. And at this point, they continue to act like God isn't there to take care of them. And so this moment here, we're going to look at it in Exodus 17 that Psalms 95 is referring to. And it says this in verses 1 through 4, Then all the congregation, the sons of Israel, journeyed by stages from the wilderness of sin according to the command of the Lord and camped at Rephnadim. And there was no water for the people to drink. So the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water so that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? Because Moses is like, What do you want me to do? Don't you know who your daddy is? Don't you know that he's El Shaddai? Did you not see all the miracles? Why do you keep complaining and grumbling about everything? Why are you acting like this? Why are you acting like God's not with you? Yes, we need water. But he showed up then. Is he not going to show up now? Why are you behaving this way? And so he asks them, why do you test the Lord? Why do you quarrel with me? Do you see any water around here? I don't got it figured out, but God's got us. Sometimes you need to be reminded that God's got you. Gain a hold of yourself because God's got you. And in verse 3, he says this. It says this. But the people were thirsty for water there. And they grumbled against Moses and said, Why is it that you have brought us up from Egypt, right? Out of slavery, by the way. Out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what am I to do with this people? A little more and they will stone me. And Moses is like, God, we got, we got to do something because these people, they don't know how to behave. They do not know how. They forget. So they got short term. They got amnesia. I don't know. God's like, I would. And so Moses God tells Moses, he says, okay, this is what I want you to do. Grab the staff, go over here. You're going to hit the rock. Water's going to come out. And God does this wonderful miracle. But like I just told you, this was the third time they had grumbled and complained since being out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt, treated horribly. And then God does all these miracles and brings them all out, and then they complain. The first time, they were, they were also thirsty, and there was a bunch of bitter water, and God turned the water sweet, and it was a huge miracle. It was like, whoa. And he did it, and they were like, okay, yeah, you're El Shaddai, and you're awesome. And then, and then another time, they were hungry, and they wanted some meat. And so God's like, okay, well, you haven't been eating meat, so here, let me give you some meat. And, and he does a miracle, and everybody's like, wow, you're El Shaddai. And then, you know, then they, they come around the, the, the corner, and all of a sudden, they're thirsty, and they're, they're complaining again. 
like God's don't got them. Like he, like he's not with them. Like he's not for them. Like he, 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 he's not there. He's, he might, maybe he's on break. Maybe he went on vacation. No, he's there. And just because it's not in your time, trust his time. He's there. He hasn't stopped being God. He hasn't stopped being your father. He hasn't stopped loving you. He absolutely loves you. He loves you. So in Exodus 17, the people are forgetting who God is. I mean, their short-term memory is all messed up. They cannot see God for who he is. For who he is. Has it ever happened to you where you seem like you just forgot something that just happened? You know, my wife and I, after picking our kids up from school, we would ask them, hey, so how'd your day go at school? Good. So that's it? Like, like it was just good? Yeah, it was good. All right. So uh, what'd you learn today? I don't know. Like, literally. I started to get worried. Now they're homeschooled. I know exactly what they're learning. But here in Exodus 17, the people are acting foolishly by forgetting who God is. See, they're allowing their circumstances to change their view of God or allowing what they can touch, feel, and see to blind them from who God is. Well, God, you know, you know, I can't see what you're doing. I can't feel what you're doing. I can't. I can't. So now, so, so now you can't even see him at all. You can't even recognize that he's actually at work in your life right now. You cannot see because all you can see is, well, I can't feel it. I can't touch. I can't see it. I can't hear. So, so, but you're missing that right now he is working in your life. Right now he is actively at working. So back now in Psalm 95, we have this beautiful psalm that reflects back to this moment, and it warns us of these three things. It warns us not to harden our hearts with God. It warns us not to put him to the test, and it warns us not to err in our hearts. Don't allow these circumstances to put your heart in a place that it does not belong because it belongs before the Lord. So don't get caught up here. We're here. I got to figure it out. Or maybe I should do this or trust this area of my life. No, I need to trust the Lord. And before the warning, we see these first few verses. And I want to go to verse 3 of that psalm. Verses 3 through 7. It says this. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In whose hand are the depths of the earth. The peak of the mountains are also his. The sea is his, for it was he who made it. And his hands formed the dry land. And then it says this, come, let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord, our maker, the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. What business do we have as a sheep trying to wander off in the pasture somewhere else when God's got you right where he needs you to be? Because it's where he has you that he wants to do the most molding and shaping and working in your life where he wants to do the most healing. And you're trying to find your healing out there. And God's like, be here and this is where I'm going to do it. And we can see in this psalm who God is, and we can see who we are in relation to who God is. 
And so he reveals himself as the Lord our maker. Now the Lord our maker is in English. Jehovah Hasenu is Hebrew in English. And then the, the Hebrew of it is Asa, you see here. But he reveals himself as Jehovah Hasenu. Jehovah Hasenu, which means the Lord our maker. Now, God is proclaiming that he's our maker. This is what he's saying. This is what he's revealing, that he's our creator. He's the one who formed us. He's the one who had thought and intention into our creation. But this is so much more than that because that's what Elohim is. See, Elohim, he creates something out of nothing. That's Elohim. He's, the, he's, our, he's our God, Elohim, something out of nothing. So when he reveals himself as Jehovah Hasenu, it's, it's a little bit different than that. See, what he is saying is that he is continuing to make you or shape you in your life. So here you are, you're in your path. He already made you in Elohim, but as Jehovah Hasenu, he is continuing to shape you. Continue. Well, you turn left. Well, he's like, okay, I got to curve you around and reshape you. And if you've been at that pottery wheel, you know when that lump of clay gets a little bit off, and you got to kind of re. So he's Jehovah Hasenu. He's continuing to shape you and mold you and get you back because when he created you, he created you with a purpose and with a story. And there's something that he desires to do and accomplish in your life because God has long-term goals goals in your life God has the goal of the thing he's trying to do right now but he's got the long term he's like okay my child I'm trying to do this in your life and in order to get from here to there I got to do some making so he's Jehovah Hasenu and in this way he's working in your life even in this moment even right now right now he is shaping you in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 8 he says this, but now, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We're the clay, you're the potter, and we are all the work of your hands. Stop trying to be the potter. Be the clay. Let him mold and shape. Let him fix. Let him make straight. Let him do his work in your life. He already made you in the clay. He's already, he's already Elohim. But now he's Jehovah Hasenu. And you need to recognize this. Because it wasn't that he created you and set you on a path and left you to be. No, he is one who is still making you. He is still shaping you. He is still working in your life. You are not an accident. This moment is not an accident. He is with you right now. Right now as you are hearing and listening to, as you are watching right now, he is shaping you now. Trust his process. Trust his good work. Stop being in a hurry, in a rush. God, you need to do it now. He's got his time. He knows what's around your corner. He knows what's around the block. He knows the things that you're going to face. He knows the things that are coming and so because of that, he's working right now to do this in your life. Who he is and who we are. And he continues to make you. This is what I want you to know. As the Lord, our maker, he knows exactly what we need and how we need to be shaped for what's around the corner. He knows. He knows. He knows what you need. He knows what you Jesus reminds us of this. He knows what you need. Has God not seen you? Has God overlooked? No, he knows what you need. And talk to your father. But he also knows how you need to be shaped. Listen, 
I had my kids take some Play-Doh and make a couple of things here for us. I had them first uh, make these two little guys. You can kind of see them here. They're small. There's a little guy here. He's got a bow tie and a chain on. and kind of cool. There's a little girl here. She's got a bow on and she's pretty. Uh, my daughter, she did pretty good. Um, but, you know, as you create these little things, there's a story behind them and their journey and what they're doing and what their life is about. And you play. And my, and my kids, they, they like to, you know, just, you know, do that kind of thing. Whether, fellas, that was you with your action figures or they were fighting each other or conquering something or ladies, you're playing with your dolls or whatever the situation might be. But there's, there's a story, right? There's a story. I asked them also if they could um, make a little house. Oops, front door fell off. I don't know. The handle to the door, and so here's a, a little house that I had to make, and here is uh, here's the people, right? And so here's their house, and they're living their life, and this is their journey, and whatever happy, and whatever the story that they're doing, um, God has a story for all of us. There's a story for you. There's a purpose that He's trying to accomplish in your life. Like I told you, God has long-term goals in your life. There's absolutely short-term goals. There are short-term goals that God is working in you right now. And those short-term goals have everything to do with the long-term goals. So I asked them to make this little house here. And then I asked them also to, to make this, and this is a big wave, a big storm that hits the house. And depending on the situation and how you respond and how you behave and how you act. And if you forget that he's El Shaddai and you forget that you are the sheep of his pasture and you start running off and doing what you're not supposed to, you've made that left to you. However you build your house is going to determine how your house stands in the storm. Everybody's going to be hit by the storm. And it's not that God is making all of these things hard on your life. This sinful world and our own choices tell the truth, our own choices, all kinds of things happen. But what God does use is the storm to reveal how he's shaping and making you in your life. He is good and is faithful. He loves you dearly. He is with you. And this moment right now on this day is no accident. He loves you. You are his child. But he wants you to walk in his ways and to trust him and stop grumbling. Stop complaining about every single thing. Stop before the Lord and trust him. Allow him to shape you and mold you. Anyways, I hope this illustration helps. I had my kids spent a good amount of time on this. Preparing here. He's Jehovah Hassanin. The Lord, our maker, the one who is still making, who is still at work right now, molding us and shaping. So what am I saying to all of us this morning? What I'm saying is this. Allow God to shape you without grumbling. Allow his work in your life without complaining. Allow him to just come in and do the heavy lifting that's needed. Allow him to set you free from the things that you need to be set free from. Allow him to break chains, allow him to break generational curses, allow him to free you from stuff, addictions, allow him to come in and just do the work. 
And don't let your heart get into places where it doesn't need to be. Let him. Allow him. We can say, well, I'm a mature Christian and I know the Lord. Yeah, but there's deeper love. There's more places that he can take you. And sometimes what gets in the way is our pride. <laughs> yeah, that message applies to them. It certainly don't apply to me. Pride just shot up all kinds of levels. No, this is all of us. Allow God to shape you without grumbling. Well, pastor, that's easier said than done. Life's tough. And again, I'm not saying that God is creating all these tough moments, but he is absolutely using them. He is absolutely using them. Listen, what got the people of God in trouble? Their constant grumble as if God had abandoned them or was against them. Life hit them, but not in the absence of the hand of God in their life. Because life will hit you, and guess what? You're not bulletproof. I'm, so, I'm bulletproof. No, you ain't. You're not bulletproof. But when you go through stuff and you get through these things, it is proof that he is your God, that he is your maker, and that he is using that to shape you. Because guess what? You're still standing. You're still here, aren't you? And this morning isn't an accident. And what God is doing right now in your home, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your health, he is shaping you. Trust him without grumbling. Have you ever met somebody that just complains about everything? You know what I'm saying, right? Have you met somebody that just complains? Are you that person? Raise your hand real quick. <laughs> Are they sitting in your row? Raise your hand real quick. No, just kidding. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 14 says this, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Wait, so, wait, wait, which thing should I do? All things without grumbling or disputing. All things. Look, there's so much more to the context that I wouldn't go back and forth. But do all things without grumbling or disputing. Instead, what should we do? Well, Psalms chapter 9, verse 10 says this. And Karen, Karen, can you join Karen? And those who know your what? So we, we know he's El Shaddai. We know that our daddy is almighty. But we also know that he's Jehovah Hasanu. And we know that in the moment, in the circumstances, in the situation, he's actively making us, shaping us in the moments. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. He has not forsaken you. He has not left you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So if you're seeking the Lord and you know him by name, who is he? Well, he's El Shaddai. He's God all-powerful, isn't he? But who else is he? He's also Jehovah Hassan. Who is he? He's the one that is making you and shaping you right now in the moment. And I get it because the moment's been tough, right? It's been rough. You've hit some walls. You've hit some situations. You're not sure how to get past it, how to overcome it. But my daddy is El Shaddai, and he's, over, he's also Jehovah Hasanu, and he is shaping me right now. So I know he's with me. I know he hasn't left me. I know he hasn't forsaken me. He's with me. He's with me. 
Do not doubt His presence in your life. You are the evidence of His hand in your life. And if you know God's name, then trust Him. He's got you. He hasn't left you, forsaken you, given up on you. Your daddy is Jehovah Hassanu, and he's still making you. Back in Psalms 95 and verses 6 through 7, it says this. Come, let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord our maker, before the Lord our maker, our maker, Jehovah Hassanu. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. Right? The people of his pasture. The people of his pasture. Listen, God desires good things for your life. So he's got you in this pasture. He's got you here. He's got you in a good place. And at some time, he's going to move you and put you in this pasture. He's going to move you to the best places where he wants to because he's covering you. But it's us who sometime, we're that sheep that takes off running the other way. Well, I think it's better over here. And we take off and go over there. And, ah, it's probably going to be better. I'm going to feel better. I mean, all these things. And God's like, he's got to get you. Who's the one that pulls you out of the pit? Who's the one that pulled you out of the entanglements that you got yourself into? He did. And what does he do? He pulls you back into his pasture because you're the sheep of his hand. Because he cares for you. He loves you. You are his. And he is yours. So let him be the good shepherd in your life. Let him be Jehovah Hasanu who is shaping you and molding you and making you. Trust the season that you're in, that he is with you and he will see you through. He will see you through. His intentions, his great master plan isn't to leave you there. No, he's got long-term goals with you. And he's got some short-term goals that he's trying to work out right now. Stop fighting him. Stop grumbling and complaining. Allow him to work the short-term goal so that you can get to the long-term goal. Because he has a purpose and a plan for you. He's still making you. In Psalms 139, verse 14, it says this, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, right? The works, the works of God shaping and God healing and God transforming and God teaching you obedience and patience. Come on, somebody. And God, God showing and revealing himself in your life. Wonderful are his works. The psalmist says, my soul knows it very well. He is still at work. So what do you do? You praise Him. What do you do? You thank Him. Thank Him that He's not done in your life. Thank Him that He didn't just be Elohim and just whoop, boom. Okay, go figure it out. Your job is to get from here to there. No, He's with you along the way, Jehovah Hasanu. He is making you along the way. He is shaping you along the way. He's, he's doing it along the way. He's working in these ways in your life along the way. Thank him that he's not done yet. God, thank you. Thank you that I'm not a finished product yet. Thank you that you're still with me. Thank you, God, that you're still shaping me and molding me and, and pulling me back when I get a little bit off track. You bring me right. Thank you that you love me. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for breaking chains in my life. Thank you that I'm not who I used to be. Thank you that I now understand my identity in Christ Jesus. Thank you that I understand the Father's love for me. Thank you, God, for all that you're doing in my life. Thank you, God. I am evidence of your hand in my life. Thank him. Praise him. 
because he is still at work in your life. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So he's continuing his work in your life. He is continuing. Here's my challenge for us. Trust his making and shaping in your life with genuine, humble worship. And there's something about that, that coming before the Lord as you look at this Psalm 95, the second half of it, right, it has everything to do with reflecting on the mistakes of the past and learning from those things. But the first part is a whole setup with the understanding, the knowledge of the second part. And he comes in with worship, right? Bow down before the Lord. Worship him. He is the one who made this and shaped that and put this in its place. He's the one who's done all of those things. So it says, bow down before the Lord, your maker, who's, who's been at work in all of these areas in your life. He's been there, so bow before him, and it's humble worship. You know, worship, the kind that has no problem raising its hands, the kind that has no problem. It can jump, it can dance, it can be free. The, the, the kind that has no problem bowing down. The, the, the kind of worship that has no problem declaring who God is. It's, you know, uh, not, not, not the ones that, uh, I don't do that, you know. No, your creator and the one that is continually making you is here now. He's here right now. So how do you respond? Be humble before him. And the minute that pride just kind of, whoop, get rid of it. Get rid of the pride. Get rid of the pride. The pride only gets in your way. The pride only hinders you from the blessings. It only hinders you from experiencing more. It only gets in your way. It only messes. It does not help you. Not in your worship before the Lord. Come before him humbly. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing now. In all of us together, but in all of us individually, Father, thank you. We all come from a unique story, a unique road, a unique journey, God, where you, where you found us and where you pulled us out of that pit and how you've been working us and freeing us and breaking things off of us, God, and how you've been teaching us your ways and, 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 and giving us more of your presence and your spirit and revealing things to us in your word and teaching us how to pray and teaching us how to worship and, and just growing in levels and levels and levels of deeper and growing closer and more intimate with you. Thank you, Father, for the journey that we each have with you. And I pray, Father, that we would respond to you, recognizing you for who you are. See, Father, see, Daddy, you are El Shaddai. You are our God, our all-powerful. And you are Jehovah Hasanu. You are the Lord, our maker, the one that is continually shaping us. You are present in our ever help, in our ever time of need. You are present in the middle of our situations, in the middle of our battles, in the middle of our mountains, in the middle of our giants, in the middle of the storms. You are present, but how we respond and how we act and the rock that we build our house on matters. So, Father, may we respond to you humbly. May we respond to you with open hearts, with open minds, with open arms 
arms, Lord. May we respond to you with genuine, authentic worship and humility before you. For you are worthy of praise, God. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. And Jesus, may your name be like sweet honey on our lips. May we be able to say the name of Jesus with boldness, with clarity, with, with excitement, with joy, with peace, with passion. Be able to say that beautiful, sweet name of Jesus, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would just do a wonderful thing. Holy Spirit, I know that you're already at work and there's things that you're already, you've been revealing throughout this whole service and there are things now that you're wanting to cement and seal in our heart, but you're asking us, I know you're asking us to trust you. And so would we do that? Thank you for all that you want to do, all that you are desiring to do. So find in us humble servants. Who are we without you? We need you, and we recognize that. Father, with nobody looking around, uh, everyone with nobody looking around, Father, I pray you'd see everyone here. If there's somebody here today, you say, hey, you know, the truth is, I haven't been walking right with God, but I want to walk right with him. I want to get right. I want to be right. I, w I really want to be, I want to I really be a Christ follower. I really want to be a, like a Christian, a real Christian. I want to follow the Lord Jesus I, and if he can forgive me for all my junk and all my foolishness and all my messes, if he can forgive me for all of that stuff and welcome me, 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 if he can do that, then I want that. I, I really, I want to, I want to really take this serious and give this a try. And if that's you, or maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, you, you used to walk with the Lord and then you stopped and you walked away and now you're ready to come back home. You're ready to get it right and you're ready to walk in him. And if that's you, either one of those two, if that's you, would you just put your hand up and then down? Say, you know what? I want to take this time of the Lord seriously. Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Heavenly Father, may we have every bit of your mercy and your grace. We ask for your forgiveness now. Would you please forgive us? We repent of that lifestyle we repent of that way of life we confess you as lord and savior and we recognize jesus that you went and paid the price for our sins on that cross you would be our substitute and that when we put our hope and our trust our faith in you that we could be forgiven so jesus right now as we do that you wipe our slate clean we are forgiven may we receive the gift of eternal life and may we begin to walk in you and be bold. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I don't got it all figured out, but I'm a Christian. I love the Lord Jesus. What he has done for me, no one else could have done in this life. And I'm grateful. And I'm grateful. So, Father, we bless your name. And I thank you for the good work you are doing in this house. And may it continue, Lord, to build us up and to develop us and to stir our hearts and to build revival in us. And may it be multiplied throughout our region, Father. Thank you for the good things you are doing. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a round of applause? You are worthy, Father. You are worthy. We bless his holy name. Um, church, what we're going to do is we're going to close with this worship song. Could you stand with me? And the Lord wants to continue to do his good work. And like I told you, there are these elements to the service and worship where we have a chance to encounter and respond to him. And then we hear his word 
and his word is also an opportunity for us to respond. That's why we came. Like, this moment is your holy moment. This is the moment of freedom. This is the moment of transformation. This is the moment of God speaking and whispering and talking and confirming and healing and, and doing all of those wonderful things. Right now is that moment. So our worship team is going to sing this song. And if there's anything that's heavy on your heart this morning, I invite you to come forward. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to believe God for miracles. That's what we do. God has been on a thing where he's been doing miracles and it's been wonderful. we got to share with you more of the stories of the things that have been taking place. But as we celebrate his goodness, we're going to come forward and believe him. Believe him. God can do it now. This moment is your moment of shaping. In addition to that, if you've raised your hand today for salvation or to recommit your life to the Lord, whatever that is, I also want you to come forward. Be bold and brave. The minute that pride starts to raise up, shut that thing down because it's not, it's just trying to get in the way of your blessing. Do not let it get away of your blessing. Let God do his great work today. So let's worship the Lord. And if you're saying you're feeling a little nervous still and you need to say, hey, grab the hand of the person next to you, say, hey, can you come with me? Let them come with you. Let's just worship the Lord. Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. and You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P-D-E-S-K, helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff, and we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.